Friends podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Singer. I'm a Christian writer and blogger living in the beautiful state of Alaska. I'm also a trauma survivor and a mental health advocate. I've been through some tough things in my life, and I'm sure you have too. Grace Moments is about helping you hold on to belief in your darkest hours, embrace hope by knowing your suffering is never wasted, and be inspired by the stories of others who have survived their own tragedy. Life, however difficult, can be a meaningful journey, and I'm here to walk it with you, so let's do this together. Sometimes life is full of scares. We all have times when we find ourselves in precarious situations and We need a rescue to get out of them. Today I'm going to tell you the story of a dog and his dramatic rescue and what we all can learn about how to wait well for our own rescue until it comes. We are going to grow our faith today and discover how to keep hope alive in the most desperate of circumstances. So let's get started. I live on a pretty scenic piece of property here in Alaska. Woods surround the house, bringing all manner of animals past our windows and reminding me constantly of nature's beauty. It's peaceful and tranquil most of the time. But on this one particular day, the quiet mood was suddenly interrupted by a dramatic rescue just outside my house windows. For a couple hours, I'd heard a dog barking in the distance, but... Didn't think anything of it until sometime later, when a neighbor drove by and asked if we'd seen their dog Marlin. The search was on. Other neighbors went looking too, and soon the dog was located, in a precarious place. Somehow Marlin had gotten too close to the cliff's edge of a canyon through which the Whitewater Creek flows, and had fallen about 30 feet toward the water, landing on a ledge partway down. It's about 60 feet to the water from this part of the property, 90 feet on the upper end. Not the type of place readily accessible to a rescue, leaving Marlin in a desperate situation. Everyone suddenly realized that the barking they'd been hearing for the last couple hours was actually the dog calling for help. As the neighbors all started to gather near the edge and evaluate how the dog could perhaps be rescued, they called 911 and Soon, the local volunteer fire department was on scene. Assessing the situation, they determined that they could not carry out the rescue with the skills and equipment they had and would have to call in either the larger city fire department or the mountain rescue service. One of the dog's owners, the wife, was so desperate to get the dog that she said she'd get a ladder and try to go get the dog herself. She didn't want to wait for anyone else to show up. Her husband tried to talk her out of it. They tiptoed down as far as they could go, but determined it wasn't safe and that waiting was the better decision. It was the owner's anniversary, and they had dinner reservations that night to celebrate. Now they were just hoping their dog would survive, all other plans left to another day. The city fire department arrived a bit later, emergency vehicles lining our street. Our serene neighborhood had suddenly turned into a fluster of activity as Firefighters tromped their way through the woods, bringing with them all manner of supplies necessary for a rescue attempt. Locating the dog, they sprung into action. All this time, Marlin continued to bark, although his voice was getting a bit hoarse after several hours of shouting for help. Inside the house, I prayed for the dog's safety and rescue, holding out hope as long as I could still hear him barking. At least I knew he was still down there and 
hadn't fallen the rest of the way to the roaring creek. The firefighters began to tie off ropes, trim tree branches, and clear the path for one of their guys to rappel off the edge and down to the ledge where the dog was. The owners watched and held their breath. Several minutes later, the lone firefighter disappeared over the edge to go and get the dog. Glued to the window, I watched expectantly for the dog to appear. Shortly after, Marlin set foot back on safe ground, tail wagging. The owners were overjoyed. I felt a tear come to my eye. The firefighters all had smiles, feeling glad they'd been able to get the dog safely back to its owners. Marlin made his rounds, thanking them in his own way as they all patted his head and shared in the relieving moment. Within a few minutes, the woods were quiet again as the firefighters left, the owners went home, and I prepared to put dinner on the table. But the heartwarming moment lingered. As I've thought about this dramatic rescue and what it took to get the dog back to safety with its owners, I've come to see a few powerful lessons we can all learn from this when it comes to how we deal with similar situations in our emotional and spiritual life. At various times in our earthly journey, we hit moments in life where the ground gives way and we find ourselves plunging into a canyon of hardship from which we are unable to escape on our own. Just as Marlin never intended or expected to tumble off the edge, we don't often mean to do so either, but we suddenly slip and end up free-falling. Fear grips the heart. Our minds begin to race as we hope the situation we're in now won't spell the end of us. Just when we think we're headed for the depths, we land on a perch and are able to catch our footing. It's precarious, no less, but still a bit of stable ground, however small. It's in this moment we realize the first great lesson in this. God always provides a safe place to land when the ground gives way. Psalm 73.2 says, My feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. When we find ourselves in times when this seems to be the case, it is assuring to call to mind the truth stated in Psalm 94.18. If I say my foot is slipping, your loving devotion, O Lord, will support me. God always looks out for His children. Even when it feels as though they are in the gravest of danger, He will always grant them even the slightest of footholds to support and preserve them. Trusting that the ground will hold even as the rapids threaten down below enables the soul to find comfort that it is and will be upheld under trial. The fact that a perch has been provided to break your fall is itself evidence of the Father's mercy. The second great lesson is simply that. God always sends a rescue. God may either directly intervene in your situation, or He may send a crew to help in the form of loving friends or family who can throw you a rope or rappel down to your position and assist you back to solid ground. In whatever form he chooses to send, you can be assured that God never leaves his children stranded. The fact that he sacrificed his only son in order to save us from eternal destruction is proof that there are no lengths to which he isn't willing to go in order to rescue us. When Christ promises to never leave or forsake us, he can never and will never retract that. It may seem as though he is absent and has forgotten about our plight, it may feel like he has turned his back and ignored us, but that is merely our perception. We fail to remember that even in our desperation, he is still in actuality, working behind the scenes and setting a plan in motion to come to our aid. It may take a bit to unfold, 
but his watchful eye still sees us and knows where we are, and his ears are still listening for our cry. Like Marlon's owners, he is actively engaged in our rescue, overseeing all that's going on and ensuring our eventual safe escape. In ways perhaps almost imperceptible, he is assuring us that help is on the way and that he is coming to our aid. So what should we do while we wait? How should we maintain hope until our rescue arrives? Marlin did two things right while he was trapped on that ledge and waiting for help. Number one, he believed his rescue would come. Way before the neighbors noticed his whereabouts and found him on that cliff's edge, Marlin knew that eventually somebody would come and discover him. Even after he could see the people above him trying desperately to save him, he held out hope until that fireman came down to attach a rope to his harness and pull him back to safety. Desperation is a natural thing in a moment of great challenge. It's natural to grow anxious and wonder if help will arrive. But desperation cannot lead to hopelessness. The minute you give up hope that rescue is coming is the minute you begin to let your circumstances win. It's the minute you start to doubt God and His promises. It's the minute you lose faith in the people around you. If you're going to survive, you have to keep telling yourself that help will arrive, and you have to be patient until it does. It may take a while before a search party is assembled and a rescue team can get to you, and God may tarry just long enough to grow your trust in that difficult moment, but you have to believe while you wait. You have to maintain hope by looking back at all the other times God has come through for you and know that He will do so again. He hasn't failed you before, and He won't now. Sometimes the simple act of reminding yourself of God's faithfulness to care for you always and remembering that He's likely on the way already is enough to get you through. The second thing Marlon did right was he kept on crying for help. It took a bit before everyone realized the dog was gone and began looking for him. Then it took a bit longer than that to realize that incessant bark was actually his. Sometimes the helpers don't hear you right away. Even though it's frustrating, the rescue team doesn't always hear you right when you first shout for assistance. There are moments when you need to keep on yelling for a bit until someone arrives. Even if it feels like your plea is falling on deaf ears, keep crying for help. Keep asking for a rescue. Your voice may grow hoarse and your heart may sink a bit as it appears nobody is listening to you, but I promise you, eventually somebody will hear. When you're in a seemingly impossible situation in which you are completely unable to save yourself, the bravest thing to do is to ask for help. It may look like sending a text or calling a friend and asking them to listen to or pray with you, it may look like seeking the assistance of a trusted counselor, therapist, or pastor. It may look like joining a recovery group and looking for mutual support among people who have been where you are. Whatever it is for you, don't be afraid to raise your hand and admit that you need a rescue. Keep calling for help because there is help to be had, both in the loving attentiveness of God and in the care and support of people around you. Listen, we all stumble into situations from which we are incapable of freeing ourselves. We all fall into temptations, sorrows, sufferings, and circumstances which test our faith in God's ability to save. We all have times where we need a rescue. But 2 Peter 2.9 states that the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. 
so we are never without hope of being brought to safety out of our situation. God is fully invested in our difficulty. He sees our plight and knew before we even got into it that it would happen. He has already thought through a plan for rescue before we even started calling for it. He knows what he's doing, but we have to trust that he knows what he's doing. Whatever it is that you're dealing with today, friend, know that your rescue is underway. You may have to wait for a bit, but wait well. Wait by calling to mind the truths you can count on when it seems like everything underneath you has given way. Notice God's care for you and the way he has supplied a solid landing place for you so that the depths have not swallowed you. Realize that God will always supply a rescue either directly on his own or in the form of a rescue team that will go to great lengths to save you. And lastly, take a final lesson from Marlin and show your gratitude once the rescue is complete. Thank your Heavenly Father and those He sent for their efforts to bring you to safety. There is honestly nothing so disheartening as someone for whom others have gone to great lengths to rescue, who then shows no appreciation in return. When you are once again in a place of safety, tell God and your rescue team how grateful you are. Deep inside, you know you stood no chance without them, so tell them so. And even after the drama has passed, don't forget how you survived this. Add this rescue to the list of countless others in your past when God and those around you cared enough to pull you back to safety. Join with David as he worships saying in Psalm 42-3, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Let this deliverance in your life, in whatever form it comes, be a testimony to you and others of the truth that God cares and God saves. No matter how dark or how desperate your situation appears, a rescue is always on the way. So hold out hope. Believe, friend, that your rescue will come. And remember to keep on crying for help until it does. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast as well as leave a review. If you want to read additional content, please visit and subscribe to my blog at www.graceopens.blogspot.com. You can also connect with me on social media via Twitter at OpenToGrace2015, Instagram and Parlor at OpenToGraceAlaska, and on MeWe under my name, Katherine Singer. I'll see you in the next episode, and remember, Grace will always meet you where you are. Thank you.